1: Welcome to the Notice Podcast number 269. <laughs> what was your 269 song a second ago?
0: <laughs> Notice Podcast number 269.
1: Okay, that was just attitudey. That wasn't singing. That
2: was, I didn't have a song. It was just.
1: No, you can't do that bit.
2: Why? Is that copywritten?
1: Well, it is. That's my friend Jordan Brady's bit.
2: What, Bow Chicka Bow Wow?
1: Yeah, that was a stand-up bit that he did in the 80s. He can't
2: claim porn music.
1: No, but he owns that bit. So whenever someone does that Bow Chicka Bow Wow thing, they should fucking send Jordan Brady a check because that was directly stolen from his act.
2: All right, well, let me get my checkbook out.
1: While Chloe's getting her checkbook, (laughs) I will talk about how uh, today was preview day at New York Comic Con, and it was awesome. So many great vendors, so many great booths. Uh, If you listen to this before the 12th or 13th of October, then you should definitely try to check out New York Comic Con if you can. We're doing our podcast tonight at the Best Buy Theater. Guillermo del Toro is our guest, uh, along with Joel Hodgson. And uh, we're going to have Tig on the show, but then I realized that I I think it would be better. I really want to sit down with Tig one-on-one. And uh, and have a chat with her because she's come through some really seriously fucked up stuff, and she's come out on top of it. And I kind of want to give, I just I just want to give that podcast the the weight and the sensitivity that it deserves. So uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have Tig on in a one on one. And uh, I also would like to mention that this weekend, The Walking Dead comes back, which means The Talking Dead comes back. There's so much fucking sweet zombie action in the first episode, and that's all I'm gonna say about it. But it is very satisfying in an amazing way, and so uh, the guest today is Lauren Cohan, who plays Maggie, and she is delightful. She was on our bowling show. We bowled against the Walking Dead cast, her and Scott uh, Scott Wilson and and uh, and Steve Yon and and Robert Kirkman and. And uh, I, I really, I really dig Lauren Cohan a lot. She's super fun and funny, and uh, but, a, but a fucking great on the show. So uh, this was, uh, this was, a, this was a fun, delightful, conversational romp, if you will. Why am I doing that? But why are you covering your eyes? not no reason. Really. Why are you covering your? Why are you covering your face? Like, oh, why are you making that? Oh. Let me
2: browse Reddit. I want to browse Reddit.
1: Were you making that face at me because I said conversational romp or was it something that you saw on Reddit? No, it wasn't gonna be conversational romp. That is well. Wow, you've really nailed me. Yeah. You've really, yes, I have. You, <laughs> found chick a <laughs> Oh fuck, oh, I gotta write a check.
0: <laughs> We're gonna be so poor.
1: <laughs> Just like America.
0: Oh <laughs> god damn. <laughs>
1: What? That's why the economy went broke. Because so many people said Bouchica Bow Wow, and then America, that caused the financial crisis.
0: Who's your friend's name?
1: Jordan Brady. Jordan
0: Brady and... is the 1%. <laughs> <laughs> he is now.
1: Yeah. He wasn't before the financial crisis, where all the banks had to write checks as royalties <laughs> for doing Bouchica Bow Wow. <laughs> and now the Nerdist Podcast, number 269, with Lauren Cohen.
2: Now entering
1: nerdist.com
2: yeah. yeah I think <laughs> we nice should
1: noticed, like... we should talk like this the entire time <laughs> Oh, cool. This is like like Isn't this sort of like a radio studio? Yeah, it's like a
0: radio studio.
1: Sorry, you you play Maggie on the Walking Dead. I do. How's that like? It's
2: all good.
1: Hey, it's good uh it's awesome to see you. Uh last night the premiere was so much fun.
2: It was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was scary. That maze was like
1: The Maze was scary. Well, and the show too.
2: Yeah. So- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your job is basically a horror maze.
2: <laughs> you know, it was so funny. We were walking through there, and I was like, I can't remember who was saying it. Maybe it was Stephen. He was like, "This is our life. This is our life." <laughs> and there was just people. My favorite part was the was the zombie. Just as you enter this maze, where you're actually just peeling back the flesh, and, and he was shoving intestines into
1: his. Just mouth. eating, it's yeah, cute. just eating people' intestines. But there were some <laughs> really great. There was, I think, the bicycle girl was in there. Yeah, and then I think the well, the well, walk, the well walker was in there too, like half the bloated zombie.
2: Yeah, and they all look like dummies, and then they sort of come to life. which yeah. was really surprising.
1: It makes me mad because every time you think like, okay, I know, I see where the zombie's going to come out, like just out of the corner, you are like, God damn it! <laughs> and, and then they always they get you.
2: You know, the funniest bit was like, so I do this for a living, obviously, but my approach to the zombies that surprised me—you are not going to see this on the radio, but we might, you know—was that. Like it was, it was the girliest little, you know, slap on the head. It was really, it was really. So
1: that's how Lauren deals with zombies. <laughs> yeah, Maggie stabs him in the face with a sharp pipe, and really gets the thrill out of doing but, it. But but Lauren is more like ha, and just tries to <laughs> smack. It's like a it's like a face high five. What you were it, just it doing was a
2: face high five. It was like a, it was like the jackknife of the Schmack. of the
1: hand. Yeah. Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> zombies don't respond to hi by the way they just they're gonna come at you anyway but it was really it's really cool the fun the, the most fun the, fun the fun thing about it is that afterwards there was a camera crew there and i came out and they were like what did you think of the maze and i was like oh it was really awesome they're always zombies and they were like what did you think about the tank like they were so focused on the tank like yeah, you know the tank was cool yeah but there were zombies eating people. Like that part was really awesome too.
2: Really awesome. I was wondering if they have the same guys in there, you know, for a few hours a night because they must they must actually get hit. I mean, they must actually get sort of like.
1: They do. Yeah. Uh, uh, my uh my my friend of mine d- uh, designed a couple horror mazes for Universal, and years ago we would go when he first started doing this in the. Um, like 2000, 2001, we'd get all dressed up and go into the mazes and jump out and scare people. And his brother got punched in the face, just like one big guy was like, ah, smack, and they just ah. hit him. So it happens.
2: Yeah, yeah. They have they have a very good sort of springy response. They kind of get just close enough and then and then get back
1: for... One kind of nerdy complaint about the maze. Okay. Uh, a zombie came out of the wall wielding an axe. Now...
2: <laughs> I noticed him.
1: Zombie. They're not, I mean, um, you know, unless he died with an axe in his hand and rigor mortis set in to grip the axe, then maybe I'm on board. But he's still not lifting and, and trying to hit you with it. Then it's really just like an appendage.
2: Yeah, that zombie was very menacing and very sort of like controlled. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. He wasn't your typical zombie. I think he was a human dressed as a zombie to protect himself.
1: What? Mm-hmm. And so he was. He. That's why he didn't actually try to hit us with the axe. He was like, "Don't worry, guys. I'm one of you."
2: Yeah, I'm an actor. I'm just <laughs> <with> zombies. Do
1: <laughs> you know how hard it is to just get work in the apocalypse? <laughs> I'll take any job. Any job I can. <laughs> My favorite. Guy
2: was the one that was laying down having his guts eaten, and I it was it was the lost tour of the night. And he was like, Uh, uh. Yeah, he's supposed to, he's supposed to be, be very reaching for help, and it was the most uh, it was the most lackluster reach for help I think I've ever seen. He
1: was tweeting in one hand, nah, <laughs> dying, hashtag zombie. Um, how has the I don't know how you guys, by the way, do I mean, you know, it, it's obviously. It's obviously not. You're, you're obviously not ship building. So I think anyone with like a you know who's like, what are you talking about? I have to go down and I have to mine copper. Okay, fine. It is a trim, it is a physically and emotionally demanding job that you guys have. Like you know, all, probably like six days a week.
2: Mm-hmm. It's so true, and we have like. Whenever we're not having some kind of emotional intensity, there's a very very hardcore physical intensity to the show and it's so funny because the last few episodes I've had have been more of a character sort of sort of some heart-wrenching character work and and I watched the premiere last night and I was like, "Oh my god, I just want to slash stuff."
1: <laughs> did you not watch the whole episode?
2: I did. I did. I kind of I kind of peeked in actually for part of it and stuff, but Denai were Denai and I were on the side and and sort of You know, not quite ready to sit and watch it with everybody that we know. It can sometimes be a bit
1: scary. Well, especially for Denai, who this is her first season on the show. Yeah. Denied Gurira. Danai Gurira. Gurira. Mm -hmm. She taught me how to say, she was like, double roll the R. (laughs) Gurira. I still don't think I said it right, but... uh,
2: When Denai gets excited about something, she gets very Zimbabwe. She gets very... um, Her accent becomes very Zimbabwe, and when she's passionate, it's really really great.
1: She's great. She's really great on the show, too, and I think people are, you know, I think people are going to be so... There's so much I want to talk about, but obviously I can't. Mm. Just to say that the first episode is... uh, Well, you know what? Maybe this will go up by the time... No, this will go up by the time the first episode airs. Still... It's still too soon. No spoilers. Just fucking watch it, people. It's it's amazing. Did you? Because uh, you guys spent a lot of time on the farm last season, mm-hmm. and then some people were like, "How come they won't get off that farm?" I know. And then and then like halfway through that second season, like shit got crazy, and it just starts there in season three and just goes.
2: Yeah, season three it tops the finale of season two and it maintains it and ascends it. It's, it's really, really incredible. Every script we've had for at least. I say the first 7 or 8 scripts we were we were completely shocked with how this was going to actually be possible because it was it was just emotional intensity physical intensity uh, some of the hours of stuff some some of the episodes I think are m- m- some of the most shocking stuff there's ever been you don't know anything about what's coming do you no
1: i don't i don't oh, let them tell me yeah they offer me the episodes and i'm and i say no i'm going to watch along with the series
2: yeah yeah it's it's probably more exciting that way and you get the sort of com- the universal
1: suspense i'm nerd torn about it because A lot of people in my situation would be like, I'm going to fucking watch every one of them. But then I think I think other people, some of us, I'm starting to really appreciate this idea of not binge consuming things and really trying to take a journey with the show to sort of, you know, it's it's almost like emotional foreplay, (laughs) you know, of like not just like "Ah, I watch them all at once of just. Week to week, like, oh, I get to look forward to next week. I get to think about it during the week. I get to talk about it with my friends and then be, you know, surprised in a week.
2: Yeah, like saving your pocket money and buying something better than just candy every day.
1: Okay, so I went with the sexual <laughs> metaphor and you went with candy. Uh, that's fine. That's <laughs> Why do I feel like that's always happening with me? In-
2: <laughs> you want to play a game? <laughs> sure. Okay, when you, uh, when you think of animals and you think of yourself, what's the animal that's most like
1: you? Um, a, a river otter.
2: Okay. And what's um what's your favorite animal that's domestic?
1: Like a pet? Yeah. Like a pet? Um pro- like a specific breed or just a just animal?
2: No, any kind of domestic animal that you kind of like the most.
1: Oh dog. Okay. Why? I don't know, because they're like your buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a dog, you just I don't know. They you just some people are cat people, mm-hmm. but I just feel like with a dog, there's you. I, I have just found that it's I connect better with a dog than with a cat. Where it, I just feel like half the time, <laughs> I feel like half the time I'm trying to impress the cat into liking me, <laughs> and they just don't give a shit until they feel like giving a shit. So I guess I'm kind of like, well, fuck you, cats. Uh, you know, these dogs are much more I- into it.
2: Yeah, cats are kind of on their own schedule. They won't they won't be bent. No. Thing. Yeah. Um. What's the next one?
1: Oh, what's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Um, shit, I guess it's I guess it's gotta be pizza.
2: Pizza? Yeah. Why?
1: Um, I don't know. It's it's saucy and uh, but not in a sexy way. It's literally saucy. I like I like red <laughs> sauce. I like cheese. I like bread. You know. I just I just like pizza. I like I like how many different ways people can interpret pizza. <laughs> you know. I like your Chicago pizza. I like your New York pizza. I like your thin pizza. I like your barbecue chicken pizza. It's just a pizza is a blank canvas. That you can make, you know, into any kind of food thing.
2: That is such a great answer. Um, and lastly, what's your favorite, uh, when you walk into a room, mm-hmm. you open the door in an empty room, what's the first thing that you see? Or what would you imagine in an empty room?
1: What would I, what, What's the first thing I see in an empty room? Yeah. Um, well, the first thing that popped into my head was a single chair sitting by a fireplace.
0: Aww.
1: And then an exit. <laughs> <laughs> I always look for exits in case yeah. shit goes down. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I'm like... Okay, that would be the way you get out, okay, or I also go into rooms and I figure out where you'd put the stage where you could have your stand-up show oh because when you when you when you when you come up performing the way I did, which is I didn't come up through traditional comedy clubs. it was like you know bars and restaurants or laundromats or like anywhere i go I go into a room and I scan it really quickly and I'm like, hmm. Here's a configuration you'd have to create to make this room work for a comedy show.
2: That is so funny. That's when I go into room, I always think about how would you make this room like, you know, for, for dinner? How would you actually like, yeah, do some kind of performance in the room and have it be like a lounge yes. or something? Um, but this is a great game and this is, is going to be a good surprise because it's basically how you see. So the altar is how you see how you. See yourself, okay, and no, no, sorry. The dog is how you see yourself. the okay. otter is how you think people see you, which is really sweet to me because I don't know if you ever saw that YouTube video of the otters that are at the zoo and they're like, like cuddling with each other. Oh yeah, it's yeah. just
1: it's just a pile of, of adorableness. Yeah,
2: a pile of adorableness. Um, and the uh, the food is how you see sex. <laughs> so uh, so
1: I just love to fuck a good pizza. <laughs> yeah. just a good <laughs> Chicago deep dish pizza. <laughs> I like to get into. A delicious pie. Yeah. Um, what is it? A- the
2: room is how you see marriage, which is a cozy chair by a fireplace with. with really? With, with a stage to entertain. So I think that's really kind of. This cool. is really crazy. Yeah, isn't that madness?
1: I don't know if, if people, if I'm, if I am perceived as a river otter, though. I don't know if that's my perception. I mean, if that's other perception other people have of me. Oh, God.
2: No, but, but the, I feel so but exposed. The, the dog is how you really see. I know, but it's, it's good. Everybody's just so embarrassed. Like we did them at work and they were like, um, some people sort of say the funny what was the one I'll tell you mine, yeah, okay, so my first one was a dog, and it was for much to say I said, a dog'll come with you anywhere if it's fun, yeah, and uh, and my second one was um a leopard because leopards are uh They're they're kind of cute, but they're also really fast. Of course, know what that is, and they can be fierce if they need to. Yep. Um, And my food was a pineapple because they're prickly on the outside, but once you take off the skin, they're really sweet, which I thought was a very illuminating.
1: Well, (laughs) interesting.
2: And then I don't remember my fourth one.
1: The room. I think it was a table. What does that mean for marriage?
2: I don't know. Maybe like a lot of people or something.
1: (laughs) So you're married to a lot of people. You're in a plural marriage. (laughs)
2: Or I have a lot of people involved as well as,
1: you know, kids or something like this. Let's see. uh, Dog, pizza. Interesting. That's really interesting.
2: But it's what you said about the pizza. That pizza's like, you know, can be enjoyed in a lot of different
1: ways. Oh. (laughs) So (laughs) So was was that an accidentally sexy answer? (laughs)
2: Yeah. I thought it was a really sexy
1: answer. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) Mm. Do I see myself as a dog? I just love, you know, do- maybe, maybe that's true because dogs, you know, I think that is true because dogs are always trying to please, like, they're always trying to make you happy yeah. and they're always like...
2: No, it's like, amazing. You there. just said you like dogs because they're they're your buddy and they're fun and they're not sneaky like cats, basically. And that's exactly what you are.
1: You're like, I guess that's true. Yeah. Oh, I like this game. Does this game um, have a name?
2: Um, the four question game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's good. Now you guys I... want to play? Later.
1: All right. <laughs> I can't imagine what Kyle would. All right, just, just lean into the microphone quickly. Now. Kyle Clark, ladies the, and gentlemen. The only one that upset me was when they said, imagine the room, and I saw like a big haunted room from The Shining was <laughs> <laughs> just like, Done over chairs with blankets on them and stuff, and I'm like, oh no! And twins coming I'm out of an elevator, giallo. and and, a, and blood <laughs> and blood pouring in.
2: Oh, you're just gonna have a nice, white shed kind of a relationship.
1: It's <laughs> dark and scary. Yes.
2: God. It may be
1: really intriguing. <laughs> Who? Where did you get this game?
2: My friend did it to me. My friend in Ireland actually just called me with it. She said it's. I don't know. I don't know where she got it from, but I'm sure it's gonna become a become a thing. Now you. Uh, You can't tell people what what the... You can't really do it with one person in front of somebody else if you want to...
1: Because then they think they're too much in their head about it, it has to sort of just be a very subconscious expression.
2: But I think dog is the nicest thing. I mean, dogs are just loyal and fun.
1: Oh, my God. What if I had said, like, monitor lizard? Like, just, like, some sort (laughs) of, like... (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> to be fair, scaling. I only asked you this because I knew you'd have good answers. I wouldn't. Have, oh, you I, did. I wouldn't oh, okay. have gotten. I wouldn't. Have you gotten bad you answers from anything. anyone? Um, somebody said something really, really funny. I'm not going to say who it was, but they said on the third one. Um, so they said dog, and then lion, and then, and then they said cake because it represents family gatherings. And that was the sex one. And so that one kind of freaked me out slightly. I didn't look at them quite the same. <laughs> or you share it with your family. You share it with your whole family. It was something everybody kind of went... What? I mean, nobody else knew the game. You know when
1: you have a nice delicious cake right before you fuck your sister? <laughs> Wait. Well, that, well, this is all just subconscious thoughts bubbling a sister up. Cake. A a sister, sister cake. sister cake. sister <laughs> cake, yeah. <laughs> now I'm trying to piece together Which is who it is. Very different than a cousin Twinkie. T- oh come on! Oh. All right, that was good. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Who was was it? Someone was it? Someone in the cast? No,
2: it wasn't in the, oh, okay. the cast. Although if I could remember now, Emily's was a monkey. Her animal that she um her her animal in the wild was a little monkey because they just they you know she's just the cutest thing you've ever seen in your life. Sure. So She was like you know they swing from trees. But it, it was nice about it is that her and her boyfriend actually had the same animal in the wild they both thought they were little monkeys
1: Aww, oh, no. a do- i see i feel like <laughs> uh, drew carey just tweeted a picture that i feel like accurately represents how i see myself and it was a picture of his dog looking up at the camera with the most shamed look on its face <sighs> with his lipstick just fully out <laughs> like, <laughs> the dog was just so like <sighs> It was just like, uh, please don't look at me like it was such a, I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's biology. I can't hide it. I wish I could. Now I want to to pull up this picture was so fantastic of uh, the first
2: uh, time I saw my dad. So my dad has a couple of Labrador's. And when I was a kid, I went over there and I remember I remember going outside and the one lab was outside. and I was like, Dad, Dad he's having a baby and he was like who is i'm like bubba he's having a baby
1: (laughs) well it's great for the dog if you thought it was a baby
2: he's Arnold Schwarzenegger
1: (laughs) i can't get the network to pull out the picture as soon as this loads up i'm going to show you this picture and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna alter your life um how long are you in los angeles for do you have to go back to atlanta
2: yeah i'm going back tomorrow so just a few days
1: have you had a nice couple days off
2: it's been really good, actually. My my dad and my stepmom came over from Arizona, like kind of last minute, to enjoy the premiere and everything with me, and uh, and that was good. It's been packed, but it's just been it's been exhilarating too. I got to just sort of, you know, see some friends, do some Korean barbecue and karaoke, and then um, and then go and you know talk talk about the show. You I know, know it's been it's people. been nonstop, like <laughs> yeah. the junket stuff,
1: because we we kind of snuck some stuff in too, like with the junket. Um, hang on.
2: Mm. Oh my god. Oh my god. That actually doesn't almost doesn't look real. This dog looks so, so sorry. <laughs> oh
1: my so god, if he's anyone listen if anyone listening wants to see it, if you go to uh Drew Drew's Twitter handle is Drew from TV and you just go and it just says picture of my dog NSFW. That is just the most ashamed look you could see on a dog's face, because it is way out.
2: You know what's actually really disturbing, too, is I'm holding this picture looking at this dog, and your phone starts vibrating. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, my God. Um, here, yeah, if you I'm wanted going. to see that,
1: uh, Erica.
0: That's
1: what that's <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know. What's so, his name? We don't know. I don't know what his dog... Uh, I guess his dog's name is Red Rocket, because... <laughs> That is way out. Way, way, way out. Oh, my God. Uh, please, somebody help me. Yeah. But oh, anyway, um, <laughs> I was about to ask you about your parents, and it just feels not oh, right. Oh, yeah. To... so <laughs> God damn it. Um, well, I almost met your parents last night, and then oh, yeah. it, there was just such a melee of, like, of people coming out at the after party, that um, it just you could never talk to someone for more than a minute.
2: Yeah, we kind of had this cacophony inside the room, and and a lot of uh, a lot of zombies. And then uh, there's a bit of a bottleneck right there by the by the exit, wasn't it? But it kind of,
1: I always feel bad. I always feel a little bad for the uh, like the people who because it was at Universal, and and so people were dressed up as zombies, and they were you know just in the party, kind of coming up and being like ah. And then you feel this responsibility to be like, oh, you got me, you know, because it's yeah. like, you want to, like, okay, you're doing your job. But then sometimes you're just tired. and You're like, hey, and then I and then I feel like a dick in those times. You're like, oh, I'm not. I should be playing into this more. And I'm not.
2: You should uh, you should just turn around and scare him back. <laughs> you're
1: engaging. Just pull out a gun and be like, I will fucking really kill you. And then just see, see what happens.
2: Yeah. yeah watch them. Some- crap themselves.
1: That would be the most inopportune time for a zombie apocalypse to break out is during a zombie themed party because how do you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of have a code ride. you're like are you jobbing or are you <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Hello. Yeah, you, you, okay. You get this? wasn't right.
1: Yeah. So really quickly, um, does Maggie die this season? Okay. No. Don't answer that. <laughs> How much? Th- that's what I would
2: say if she did. Do you?
1: So. Yeah, that's true. Do you get scripts? Do they give you scripts in advance? Do you see? Yeah,
2: we get scripts. The, the, the top of the season, we got them a lot more in advance. Now, now I know we're sort of, you know, our whole team is is, is polishing stuff and then and then um, breaking script. So it's it's been. Um, it's been good. We're still we're on 10 to hooks for the last two episodes. That's where we have absolutely no idea what's coming. We sure. don't know if it's going to be something like the the premiere where we it was guts and glory or we don't know if it's going to be a, you know, kind of a sinister philosophical and who knows, who knows what kind of end we have, but but yeah, we get the scripts in advance and we get the call. We get the, you know the phone call. It's really funny cuz Mazzara, we have um You know, he has an open-door policy, so we get a lot of phone calls back and forth about script and everything. But every time he calls one of us, the first thing he says is, everything's okay. (laughs) That's a good, responsible EP. It's so nice. Yeah, it's good. And the first couple times he did it, I was like, I already knew everything was going to be fine because it was episode one. Right. (laughs) So he says it. I'm like, oh. And then you start actually worrying because he makes you, you know. Right. But, um, but everything's no, gonna
1: going to be crazy. fine. I mean, with the show, you're going to die, but everything's <laughs> yeah. going to be fine. The show will be fine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. My new puppy's doing great at home. <laughs>
1: Don't you worry about us. <laughs> We're going to be great.
2: Yeah. just got a chicken salad. You know, it's great. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's really good. And it's 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 a really good year for Maggie. It's like, it's cool. I got to sort of, you know, be, uh, be you know, introduced to this group last year. And now we have like insanity, you know, just, you know, this. Sad, scary, exciting you can't really put these things into words. You just have to watch it.
1: <laughs> you true and, and there are times though, like if there's a bunch of zombie killing and then I see you and Glenn kinda nuzzle up together, like it you know, in am real- like don't get blood in her eyes <laughs> like, <laughs> it's gonna spread. <laughs> like I get all excited about it. Yeah.
2: I know. It was funny because you get these little things. I loved when you saw Michonne sort of take these zombies out. They're coming so close and it's like The potential of a scratch and all this thing, and um, but I loved that moment when in in this episode, in this first episode, where he's checking for scratches, and that's what you.
1: It's so sweet. Yeah. Do you think? Here's an interesting question. Do you think in a zombie apocalypse, you would be more? Would you have more sex, or you'd just be too emotionally exhausted? Like in other words, would you be seeking relief by having sex, or would you be like, I cannot have sex. I we're gonna fucking die. Like. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, it's it's funny. I've been through I've been through both both halves of that question, but that didn't make any sense. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the question and the answer part. <laughs> um, <laughs> so which half?
0: <laughs> the so question B. Okay, okay,
2: okay. Um, but I think what's really funny when I was talking to Nicole, who was one of our writers, Nicole Beatty, about this, and she's like, you know what? I'm always campaigning to get more sex in the show. It's the apocalypse. Come on. Right. And um, and I just I kind of feel like there's so much that we can't control as characters in this show. First of all, there's a lot of waiting around and there's a lot of sort of, you know, times when you can't really do anything. But secondly, I think I think sex sometimes is something that you can actually control when you're in this otherwise really sort of not very
1: predictable yeah. environment. It's just like a pizza. It's just like <laughs> you can control the pizza pizza.
2: you can control the (laughs) pizza yeah yeah. and um and i just think i don't know you've got your adrenaline pumping and and so i think everybody's probably you know hot under the collar
1: maybe a little bit
2: that's how maggie feels no
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah seriously because maggie totally maggie pounced on glenn like pretty pretty hardcore like, fuck it, let's just, come on. Yeah. What are we doing here? It's funny in reflection
2: because Maggie is actually a really pretty good girl. And, and that and that introduction uh, to their love life to me was cool because it was like, it was it was her way of sort of proving to him that she wasn't afraid. I think right. when I reflect on it, you know, it's like, no, I can, uh, you know, people talk about like cigarettes. Like, no, you know, I can smoke five in a row. I smoke five <laughs> one time. And
1: kind of but I also show. think there's something about the idea that, you know, uh, up until this apocalypse, the character of Maggie is probably like, you know, she's, you know, it's not a prude, mm. but you know, like you know, nice farmer's daughter, probably yeah. gonna meet a guy, get married. Like, had this light, like, and then all of a sudden the world goes to shit, and it's like, oh. Well, I guess those rules don't really apply anymore. So maybe this is just her way of like kind of hitting, like you said, just sort of like bursting into this new world.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think she's also like, you know, they've been on this farm in isolation for a while and it's not, it's it's not necessarily in a sexual tone, but they've, you know, she's been looking to connect with someone. And I think that's why when the group comes, it's actually, you know, not her relationship with Glenn alone, this whole situation when the group comes is her chance to sort of Ironically, enter into you know life and yeah. and so, um, and Glenn, I just think they have that kind of immediate connection. And, yeah, and so she's, she has this you know.
1: You can tell Glenn this. I think if Maggie were really unafraid, there she'd have a threesome. I'm just saying if there were if I she was he re- says, <laughs> <laughs> I mean really guys, it's just a way to prove that these characters aren't afraid. That's the yeah, worst Yeah, and all of a sudden we
2: from Brooklyn.
1: <laughs> I know. It was, I can't imitate. Yeah. You, that.
2: No, no, but it was great. Uh,
1: but I love the, um, the 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 prison set looks so good on film, and it, mm. it it just, I mean, it looks amazing in person when I get to see it in person. But it just it just looks so it just looks great. They did it's such eerie, a good job. Isn't
2: it? It's eerie and and kind of very. Uh, it's very kind of claustrophobic. For us, it feels very safe. And when I saw it on film, it read as sort of. It's very kind of claustrophobic um, security, I guess. But it's, uh, it's amazing. Grace Walker. Walker, ironically enough, is his last name. He right. designed our set. And it's just like... That was our studio turned into a prison. You know, they sort of... They emmed and awed about what we were going to do and where we were going to set season three. And then sort of, I guess, looked around them and thought, hmm, let's turn this into a prison. So this is our stages in our studio that are now, you know, in three months transformed. But it's... Uh, it's nice. It's nice to be inside. Some of our uh, some some of last year was made easier by the heat because it really grounds you and it drains you and makes you feel like it's the end of the world and you're going to die. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, Atlanta is br- <laughs> fucking brutal in the summer. It really is. And you're it's running funny. around like swinging pipes at people. You're like I just have to sit down. Like you don't. Just going outside is a trem- is a Herculean effort.
2: It is. It really is. And you're just kind of you're out there. Mm, trying to remember your lines and, you know, be good. <laughs> whatever that is. Um, but the prison is the prison is great because we're we're <clears throat> still out on location a lot. We do still a lot of like road trips and side trips and errands and kind of stuff like this. But we um we really, I think, earned this like occasional occasional indoor stuff. So it's like it's cool. But the prison is awesome. I don't even know what to say. It all it all reads visually. It's not not a lot I can say about it.
1: Well let's talk you've been talking about Walking Dead a lot the last couple of days. Let's let's talk about you. Oh, okay. Let's just talk about you for a sec. You have a very interesting background, which is that you're I, I always forget you're you're Australian but But English, you were born in Australia, but grew up in England?
2: America. Born Uh, in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and then grew up in England, and then... Was back here for a while and stuff, but my family is everywhere. My family's in Greece and Spain, and um,
1: so there's no Australian component. No, there is no, but it's good. Really I was
2: funny way say, No, it's good. It's good. Everybody kind of assumes that I am Australian, um, because my accent will kind of, I guess, when you combine Cherry Hill and London, you get Australia. <laughs> That's a note to all dialect coaches everywhere. That's good. Um, or but South I, Africa, sometimes.
1: but I think it's also that, uh, um, you you have such a you have such an outgoing energy that kind of feels like fun and Australian in a in a way and I think maybe that's kind of what it is.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just sort of a sunny. I get that. I love Aussies. You just kind of you feel like you've known them when you first meet them. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, England is uh, you know England. Great people. A little button up sometimes. A
2: little button up sometimes. But what I love about England is it's button up, but it's really not. You just have to, it's like, it's it's once you get to know people that you just sort of, uh, you realize the English are very frank. They're very frank and they're very, um, they're very dry. So it's just kind of a a sense of humor you have to sort of, sort of uh, get to know. And then once you, once you do, it's very, it's just. Just under the
1: surface. So, what is your citizenship? You're American citizen. Do you have, but do you have English citizenship yeah, as well? Yeah,
2: I have both. I have both, which is really lucky, and so I've been able to kind of not have to decide where to live really, and just to be over here. I love it. the great thing about England is and and, and LA, and I, I guess I just have sort of a gypsiness in my blood because I was born here, I moved there, and it's it's been in our family. But um, but I. I don't like to stay in any one place for too long. So I do. I like the exit door as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, shit. Did I say the exit door for the marriage thing? No. Oh, shit. I did. (laughs) I I did say exit door for marriage. No, but the last
2: thing you said was the stage, which I think meant that you you wanted to keep the marriage
1: going. You're being very kind. I clearly said I was looking for a way out. I said, you know, I want it to be nice and cozy, but I got to fucking get out of here at a moment's notice. (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: But it was bookended by really positive, cozy things. All
1: right. Well, this is nice. I mean, I think I think I'm I think a much colder person who was administering this test would have been like, you have some you have some pride, which is funny because I am kind of a. I'm really sort of a, a monogamist. I just I just tend to you know like I don't know. I, I'm not really a big like I'm gonna go out and date a bunch of people. Oh, yeah. wow, it's not really that aren't way. We
2: all looking, are we all just comfortable to know that there is a way out? I, I I really feel like when you're in a relationship and you feel a freedom and nobody's too possessive of each other, that's when you really commit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like relationships I've been in where I feel locked down or kind of. Possessed in any way is it's very unattractive to me, and I think that that when you're secure enough in yourself and you're, the other person is secure enough, you can, you know, you can live your own lives and yeah. still just want to be with that one person.
1: I like to keep my pizza in a cage in the basement with no windows, <laughs> and with and the water occasionally. I'll just let him. Uh, do have you ever been? Have you ever been in a? It's so it's so in funny cage with the pizza. <laughs> But there is just a stand-up stage in that room with the cage. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to make it listening to my jokes <laughs> before I before I have sex with it. Hey, I know you're trapped, but if I could just run this new file, i got a couple of things. just, just want to workshop this. No, no, don't pass that. I'll feed you're you just, after. I can't bounce jokes off you if you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll feed you after with yourself. <laughs> I'll feed you after with yourself. <laughs> have you guys done that great alt show in Chris's basement? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pizza pit. Oh, you mean Cage laughs? laughs? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, we both went for you know, similar jokes. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's what your
2: friends.
1: That's that's what we do. Well, this, this is what all comics do. It's just. Uh, have you ever? Do you, have you ever dated a comic or hung out with comedians before? Um. Yeah,
2: I've hung out with a lot of comedians. I've hung out with a lot of um, a lot of my friends are Irish, so they're all like funny as fuck. Can I say fuck?
1: Yes, you can say whatever you want. Um.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think I have a lot of a lot of pretty pretty silly people in my life. I don't know. My my parents are always kind of, they were so surprised, I think, when I went into acting, but then so delighted because I could never give anybody a straight answer on anything. So I think they kind of, you know, it's just kind of a goof and I don't know. I've never seriously dated a comic. Ha, ha, ha.
1: <laughs> well, it is it is serious business dating a comic. Everyone thinks, oh, comics are all fun, but, you know, but we're sort of we're dark and brooding, and we analyze everything, and yeah. you know,
2: yes, they think outside the box and they do all this analysis to 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 actually, you know, make a commentary on life. That's that's comedy. I think
1: we suck to date. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I think I think we're I think we're awful to date. <laughs> Horribly sensitive, narcissistic. So it's a rough. I don't wish it upon anyone. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like horribly sensitive narcissists.
1: <laughs> Do you really? Oh, that's sweet. Have you ever... So you've obviously been in relationships where like the guy was super possessive, but have we, it's just so funny sometimes to be in a relationship where you're used to being one thing and then like something flips. Is, has, have you had... You must have had someone who just got so under your skin and then you're like, what am I doing? Does that...
2: Yeah, you know, I think it's really funny. And 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 you know, you when you meet a lot of different people and you're an actor and you kind of go into different different environments all the time. I kind of have a um I kind I think I think I'm very sort of um what's the way of putting this? I I just like to be myself around someone very quickly and so I sort of expect that that's what they're showing too. And so sometimes you you get a sense of like you really think you've gotten to know somebody just you know, intellectually and everything and then um and then you sort of and you move around a lot and so you just kind of want to you want to know someone and and this is not this is no secret I'm sure this is why a lot of actors have trouble sort of maintaining relationships and and finding it because you you want to you want to be close you want to know someone really well and have sort of a, a close bond but you then you know a month later you're moving and stuff like this so so it's difficult, and it's 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 interesting, and that's why I say finding somebody who sort of lets you be yourself. And I think that that's something that really sustains a, a good, lasting relationship. And and them being comfortable enough with all the sort of travel and all the, um, all the all the stuff that you have to do to maintain this this public life, but know that that's not
1: that's not all you. Well, I think, it, and I I think there are deeper things even than that because I mean, just on a human level. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're a performer, if you're a comedian, if you're traveling a lot, you know, human beings are, you know, I think you know, one of the reasons why we've ascended to the top of the food chain is we're very adaptable creatures. Mm. But what that means is that when you're constantly in different environments, you're constantly changing and adapting to those environments because you're not, you don't have like one stable place that you're always in. so I think that causes you to be a little all over the map with who you are and constantly changing. And then on top of that, if you're an actor you really are submerging yourself into all of these random emotions that most people don't ha- don't experience. And that fucking, like, it's like you're just like a paddle game.
2: Yes, it's so true. And you're so, I mean, you're so used to being that in touch with your emotions. It's very difficult to hide how you feel sometimes, too. Sure. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, especially doing this show at the moment, it's, it's very much like that. And you're kind of like, you know, you just, you feel kind of raw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah so so it's good, but I think it's it's interesting it's like you say about the comics. I think it takes a really a really uh strong person to be with an actor and an entertainer and and uh and you know it's a lucky it's a lucky person and it's a and it's it's a strong person
1: so because of that, do you think it's better to date another actor who has who understands but also probably has a lot of the same weaknesses or do you feel like it's better to date someone who's a little more opposite but maybe doesn't understand the process
2: yeah yeah it's 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 i almost said the uh the two-part question again which is the a and the b which is the question okay <laughs> no but it's uh, it's it's something i've definitely i've definitely been trying to figure out so i'd have to i'd have to say somebody who gets your sense of humor kind right. of overcomes all of that because um At the end of the day, I just want to come home and just be with someone who gets me and just like, you know, and have a hug. Because if they get you, then they get everything that you've been through and it doesn't matter what they do. And and it doesn't matter if they, you know, they're a music teacher or they're a comedian or they're, you know, an actor themselves and just somebody... I don't know. Somebody with a really good heart and a really good sense of humor. I think it's like the only rule. The only rule. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And also that they're not a murderer.
2: Yeah, no. Well, Well, I guess that's the good heart thing. Yeah,
1: you can work with it, work around it. (laughs) I guess, you know. (laughs) If they're hilarious and only kind of a murderer. A hilarious murderer. (laughs) Like a cross between Louis and Dexter. Exactly. Yeah. Which we should start working on. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if Louie would be fun to be in a relationship with. He's old. He seems dark. Yeah. yeah. remember that drinker say, I think Louie killed somebody. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. And then you're just like, oh, you lovable scamp. I'll help you bury the body. Uh, do, do you feel like you have a, a, a good sense of who you are at this point in your life or do you still you feel like you're still kind of working it out Mm,
2: yeah good question i feel like um you know i kind of feel pretty good about where i am right now what the more i do work that really means something to me the more i realize that your life and who you are is just what you do and it's like it's it's just how i approach situations and um and how I build relationships and, and doing this show and the opportunities that are coming to my life right now bring a lot of people that I'm interested in engaging with and a lot of people that I that are like-minded. And and that has just settled me so much. So much at the beginning of your career is, is sometimes making compromises on the work you're doing or the places you're living or the people that you're separated from, be the your friends or family or something. And now I just feel so kind of um, so honest about that. And it's sort of, it's been kind of like a... a Radiation into the rest of my life, which has been good. So we're, we're we're never fully sure, I suppose. And I love to, I love that.
1: But there are definitely are times in your life where you kind of just go, "Fuck, I don't know. I don't know what I want, or I don't know what I feel, or I don't, yeah. I don't know." I no, sort- what
2: I want, I never know. <laughs>
1: but- what do you think that? What do you? What do you have some mm. guesses?
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely. I definitely just like working with kids and painting the inside of houses. Like these are two things I know. Like
1: painting walls or like doing like art art painting.
2: Art as well, but I just I love demolition and I love getting messy and I love, you know, wearing the same clothes for 3 days. Like these are things I'm sure of. So if I start <laughs> with that, then I can kind of um but yeah, I mean if 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 I can if I can do good work and I can play the piano and I can you know, hang out with people that are fun and funny, then I think I'm kind of, that's my touchstone. And and I know it's pretty, it's just kind of.
1: So it sounds like what, what we should try to help you do is take over a building and you can be involved in the process of turning it into an orphanage <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> where you can paint the walls. But then one of the floor has a bar on it so yeah. with an old timey piano.
2: Yeah, like a plinkety-plunk.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you, oh, you know, that'd be a really great idea, is you get people to come into your bar, Mm -hmm. get them a little buzzed, and then the next room, they adopt kids. (laughs) Because they're a little buzzed. Oh, that's so cute. We can take care of a kid. Fucking come on. Kids are for life, not just for Christmas. (laughs) This is why we don't go to the orphan bar anymore. (laughs) It says right on the... (laughs) Also, can I run a comedy show at your orphan bar? You know, it's like when you go to a strip
2: club because I do that all the time. Um,
1: <laughs> Atlanta has notoriously oh famous strip clubs. The The Claremont, the Claremont with the eight, There's like an 80 year old stripper what? there. The Claremont, yeah, in Atlanta.
2: Yeah, Precious. I can't remember her name actually, but she's uh, she's amazing. And you know, they all love Scott Wilson. Of course, they love Scott Wilson. So we go in there and we go because it's actually just a it's 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 a place that you know is open until late that everybody can kind of feel relaxed in. Yeah. Um, so we go there and they all kind of. What and of course...
1: other options didn't work <laughs> that you got to that? How many Denny's were how bad? Well, a Denny's is fine, but it doesn't have bar, a pole but... with an old lady on a rascal <laughs> spinning around it. Yeah, well, I don't
2: know. Okay, no, you're right. No, you're right.
1: right. I'm so sorry. What was I thinking? (laughs) Of course, it has those things. How do you take your eggs? (laughs) Elderly, (laughs) boiled.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so, no, we, we, we obviously didn't try very hard to find the central staff entrance.
1: Is it directly in front of the exit to where you shoot? <laughs> yeah, it's
2: like, and that's a
1: wrap. <laughs> Let's just cross that street. <laughs> the, the prison was built off of the Claremont. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. some of the zombies are not even made up. They're, They're just people who are high, dancing at the Claremont. Weirdly high number of yeah. stripper zombies this season. It seems like a weird misnomer. <laughs> <laughs> all makes sense now.
2: They're all in secret between. <laughs>
1: that now i get it yeah yeah, yeah. now i get it it's just like they just <laughs> just see the, the bicycle girl in a bikini top like a, <laughs> is like crawling on a stage a
2: legless stripper yeah just a leg yeah this is a, the claremont's
1: a really interesting place so yeah. oh my god so we do we totally have to make like a zombie stripper club i think there's enough people it's rule 34 First of all, I guarantee you there are already websites about that. I have seen like zombie swimsuit calendars. Um, as, <laughs> your, your, your mouth is quite agape. <laughs> I didn't say I purchased them. I just have been online. That, I've been on the internet, and I've seen. That was an excited agape too. Like, where do I get this? That was that was a horrified. Were they like, in your
2: Amazon? We recommend.
1: <laughs> Why does it keep telling me to buy this? Well, I guess Amazon knows me better than I do. Right again, Amazon. <laughs> right again. Ding. Listen those sugge- the algorithms on those suggestion engines really dig into your being like they they you don't pay attention to what you're looking at and buying all the time and then it's not until someone puts it on a little plate and says just by the way here's what you like yeah oh i guess i and then also adds, maybe a Kindle, too. <laughs> <laughs> of course, not a Kindle.
2: Buy stripper zombies on Kindle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you, uh, so you, do you play piano? Do you, are you, are you, are you a do, pianist? I do,
2: I do. I play piano. I've played actually since I was very small. So it's been, uh, it's been great being back in Atlanta because I've had a, a, a stable place for a while to, to rent a piano and brush up. And, uh, and I sing, and it's been really nice to sort of return to that. So What kind uh, of music? Everything. Jazz standards, blues, soul. Um, I mean, Nina Simone is one of my favorite and Ella, nice. you know, I obviously wish I was black. Um, Don't but we all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Me um, too. But
1: <laughs> For a lot of reasons. <laughs> pizza <laughs> oh, reasons. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you big pizza. you a big pizza. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah, so everything. Emily and I actually did a song for the soundtrack, what I know, I, I didn't, know. What? It's great. What we did, did a. Uh, we had this little song around the campfire. And oh, then, that song! Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, and they they the 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 music supervisor asked us to come in and do kind of the full version and stuff in the studio. So it was really fun. We went to the to Sugarland Studio in Atlanta. I mean, it's the first time I've been in a in a recording studio like this. I was nervous as hell. Like it was so funny, and you just sort of like you have your headphones and. You're in front of all these people, and you that have
1: to- talking through the window. Yeah, you see it and everything, and then you're there, and you're just like, "Oh man, this is real." Do you know it'd yeah. be really fun? We should make a video of like, <laughs> of <laughs> like imagine imagine you're watching a like a, a commercial for an album just on cable television night. It's the, it's basically Maggie's greatest hits and it's just like all of these ridiculous songs that she's written about the apocalypse just like a song about Glenn and it's uh, you know like like an Eats Meets West kind of a song yeah. uh, like a song about farms I don't know just whatever whatever would the be The World
2: Is Over and yeah. My Boyfriend yeah yeah, and, yeah, yeah. exactly and it's all really like Good down in country. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and it's it's
1: there, it's a little upbeat, but it's just about all this horrible, you know, like.
2: And you have these great like celebratory riffs in the song, and like, <laughs> and all these zombies are in the back, like you know, clicking their fingers and this
1: kind of. Doo-wop. Just, a, just a, a song about Sophia in the vein of landslide. <laughs> 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 this to be really fun. I think I think we have to do. I, I think, think we should. Tagline be... is the last album ever made might also be the best. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is the only thing you can listen to, but it's number
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> <Cross genres>. <laughs> <laughs> number one for seventy-one straight weeks. Number one in album sales by someone finding one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's that's a really good idea. I think that's a really good idea. Is a, I, I I would Oh man, that'd be so much fun. Listen, if you're back, when you come back sometime, we'll have to shoot that.
2: Yeah, we'll make a video. It's it's a great idea.
1: Cause then you just get to write a bunch of silly songs. About, you know, prisons and zombie apocalypse, but just all from the point of view of this, like, kind of tough as nails, but sunny country girl.
2: You know what we could do? We could have a, uh, I could be playing a guitar, and then I could pull the machete out from, like, there could be a sheath <laughs> on the guitar, and then the zombies are kind of there, and it's, like, the slash. and.
1: That's an awesome know. idea. <laughs> or you, like, you, you whack off the head. Whack off? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You lop off the oh you lop off the head <laughs> the delicious throbbing head of the zombie who's at the piano <laughs> the
0: no, I think not, the, 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 the very
1: way. end it's of the video too needs to be that it's produced by zombie Jack white <laughs> or Rob zombie that works too yeah who's just alive <laughs> who's a, no it's just my name I'm not a goddamn zombie <laughs> goddamn have you played have you played like in public, professionally? Have you performed? You perform?
2: No, I've done when I was younger I did sort of like musicals and, and all this stuff all through school and then I did some some stuff for like um hip hop and um garage garage um music, you know, you have sort of loops and it's interesting. It's, like, singing is the thing that gives me the most pleasure and it gives me the most um nerves. So it's something that I've kind of kind of always enjoyed doing, but, uh, but not live, uh, not live performing. I mean, it just, it scared me, but now I think I'm, I'm ready to not be, I'm ready to not be scared anymore.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so adorable. <laughs> a bunch of guys just went, oh, <laughs> I'll help you, Lauren Cohen, cause I'm a faithful dog, yeah. just wants to be your buddy. <laughs>
2: it will be like, uh. A- um sister
1: act it just just like sister act like do you want to do like broadway again do you, do you ever like
2: yeah broadway i mean <clears throat> i love show tunes like i love i mean you know you know you, you meet my singing teacher she had she would have no idea that i'm like shy about singing in front of people because it's just uh but yeah everything
1: do you sing properly do you sing, sing pro- it's real real singing i mean do you sing properly like from the like because i blow up my voice really easily
2: yeah, it's easy to do. You can kind of push there on the front of your throat or you can kind of I think I think once you find find that it actually drops in. Drops in like to, to this part of you, it's it's a lot of support from here and then one day you just stop thinking about the technique and it's just sort of the way that the way that I like to think about it is that it's like yoga. You know what I mean? It's like you're not taking your energy from your diaphragm, you're not taking it from, you know, from your knees or the ground, you're taking it from all the way from the bottom of the earth. And the more you can kind of relax and let it through you, then then you're really doing justice to it because like acting like everything, you're just a, you're just a conduit.
1: Whoa. <laughs> oh my really God. Deep. After all the pizza dick jokes, it just got like, <laughs> we just like learned a lesson. That's really nice. Yeah. I hope you try to, I hope you start performing. I really think, you know, especially around Atlanta, there must be a million places you could just go up and you cause there's a whole different learning curve. Um, because I have played instruments in front of people, and there there's a whole different learning curve between, oh, I totally w- did this at home. But then when you get on stage, it's like, I forgot how everything works. <laughs> you know totally. you you have to fuck up a little bit to then get and then and then For you're sure. then you're okay,
2: yeah, yeah, and you sort of have to just work through the nerves. It's like, I don't know, anytime i'm I'm truly nervous or embarrassed or anytime I've finished a scene or finished anything where I kind of feel, exposed afterwards like we have stuff coming up that's like that i was like oh i just did that in front of my crew or i just you know you know whatever it is in the the show and i'm like that's when you know it's good because you're supposed to be having kind of the most you know real moments in front of other people
1: but what's interesting about like uh, comedy or acting or singing or anything is that um i think we have this idea in our heads that you know We're supposed to be doing something like something is supposed to happen. And so sometimes when you sort of it's sort of I guess what people refer to as the zone. But when you get into the zone, that's gone. And then afterwards, it's almost not satisfying because you go, well, I didn't do anything. And then people go, but yeah, but it was what you what it was great. You go yeah but it didn't feel like anything.
2: Isn't that so funny? It's like when when you when you leave when you leave an audition and you have that thrilling kind of feeling and you think you can, you feel convinced you booked it and then you 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 know you were <laughs> you're the, the true fail. Um and then when you when you do something and you forgot what happened in the room and that's when you actually that's when you
1: did it right. Or when you're doing or when you I'm sure when you're doing scenes and and it's just like especially with I don't think any acting class can really prepare people for or maybe some can. I shouldn't say that. That's. I'm sure, I'm sure people will give me 50 examples of how I'm wrong. But um, who's been burned by the internet, guys? <laughs> <laughs> who's that? Who's like a dog who just shuts his eyes every time he opens his mouth? Like, please don't smack me. That's at Nerdist at Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shut up. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it's, uh, um, uh, what was I saying? Oh,
2: you no, know, acting class can kind the of Yeah, acting
1: class. It. Yeah, yeah. Can't prepare you for, you're on a set. It's like two o 'clock in the morning they 've you 've been waiting for four hours and then they set up the cameras and it 's like okay you got to go right now and then you you know you might get a couple of chances at it and then you got to move on
2: it's so true and that 's the funniest thing about acting is that we 're all amazing actors when there 's no camera on us and <laughs> and that 's kind of what the consolation we give ourselves within within the cost of this is like you know what, if I do it right for, and, if, and if I do a great job and I'm doing it for my cosmates, and then that's amazing because the, the biggest challenge is, is being real when you have a camera right there. Or, and, and sometimes the best shots are when the camera's really, you know, it, the best shots within the show, you get to see into the viewpoint of the character and it, the camera has to be right there up by your eye. And that's when it's most challenging to forget that you're in this environment. But like, I just loved um, Javier Bardem in Beautiful because you knew that he was, he had this camera in his face the entire time and you, he was completely... It was invisible to him the whole time, and that's what really I think makes a good actor is somebody that can they can just forget that anything else in there is there and just be there.
1: But you can be doing your job, and then they can go, "Oh, cut! Sorry." You know, you're like, "Fuck!" I just, oh,
2: yeah, I was just getting there. Or if there's a hair in the gate, and 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 and, and that's one of the most challenging things is you've gone through the scene and you know you got it, and then um. And then you know there's a technical difficulty or there's a you know that's why with this with film especially it's um it's interesting you're picking up at different times in the story all the time and trying to just sort of track where your character is at and then and then hoping that none of the other variables are, are working against you be it you know something gets something gets lost or there's something that's not within the continuity that that doesn't work so they have to choose the scenes based on this that or the other or, um, but you just hope that um, if you're if you're just a little bit better every day, then then that's I guess the the success of it.
1: That's the goal. To yeah. Get a little bit better every day, and then and then beyond that, it's not even in your control. Like I, I feel bad sometimes when people you know someone gets written off as like oh, that person was a bad actor and I'm like yeah but how do you know that was the best take? Maybe the director or the editor just used a shitty take because the lighting was better.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's just like. And it's so interesting because sometimes it'll be... I don't know. I mean, that's why, that's why everybody's working so hard to keep your eyelines consistent and your... I mean, your hair has to be tucked the same way. You move your head and you have one thing that's out of place and it completely takes people out of the story because yeah. they can see that this is happening. And, and sometimes it's left by the wayside because you just can't sacrifice a performance. And... Um, but you know you have the whole the whole fabric the whole tapestry um, um, and the greater good to keep in mind. So yeah, you just as an actor as as everybody you're always bringing your 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 best game to every single take and and that's been for me. You know I, I really miss doing theater, but but doing television is is such a way to crystallize your own approach and your own talent because you just like. You know, you don't have the luxury of living through that same story finished end, start to end every night because um, I start at the end. And <laughs> um, so you you really do get the get the 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 satisfaction of, you know,
1: blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Are you making fun of yourself? I am. Why? Because I, I just, you know, started to. You started to TV. say really meaningful and interesting <laughs> I think things. it's really true though. Like it, it is weird going from theater to acting on film. Because it is yeah. weird because you have to live in that single moment. And you're doing it so many times that it's weird you have those sort of emotional breakthroughs three takes in, and then you have that like shit, they shot my coverage first. But yes, <laughs> exactly.
2: and it's the polite thing to do to shoot the, the ladies yeah. first and, and um and uh but you know, oftentimes you'll get asked and, and stuff like this, but yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's it's also you get these, you know, y- you get, uh, you know what? It's all good. I was going to say you get script changes sometimes at the last minute, and uh, and you're you're really figuring it out. The whole team of you are sometimes figuring it out on the fly. But but that freshness also really works, and and not having a chance to overanalyze things can be really beneficial to the scene. And
1: well, I think it's really kind of interesting. I think it, it's, I think television can be better for actors in the sense that, you know, if you work on something for a few seasons, like, once you know where that place is that your character lives, then they can just hand you something and you can just spit it out. You know, if you're working on a movie, it's like, okay, you got a couple months. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Now. And, and then, you create
2: that character for the movie and you, yeah, and, exactly. And we then know, know each sort of other discard
1: already. it once it's done. By the time you've gotten it, like, all right, I am in this. They're like, all right, camp's over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is camp, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Movie camp. <laughs> <laughs> do
1: you want to do? Do you, it, it's like, it, it, you think film might be in your future? For the maybe is that what you want to do? or You want to do more? Tell you probably just want to do whatever sounds fun.
2: Yeah, I really want to do everything. I mean, I, I just want to. Um, the thing I love about film is that you get to go to 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 a completely new place, oftentimes, and and meet new people. And some of the greatest friends I've ever made have been have been on location of doing a movie. And it's just like, you know, the movie may never come out. The movie may be a pile of shit, but you have made some of the best friendships because you have this holiday romance with like, <laughs> the crew and everybody that you meet. So, um, uh, and it's, it's just fun for me to, um, to dive into something new. Walking Dead's been a, a whole new stability, actually, um, with, with how long it runs and, and, and this. But I just want to do you do one character for a long time and you almost forget how many different types of people there are and how many different, um, things you can play. And, and as I'm now coming out of the season and looking at what I'm going to do on the hiatus, I'm, I'm just really psyched to, to, to do that. And yeah.
1: You have that really charming sort of Kate Blanchett thing, just the way that you speak. It's like, it's sweet, but it's articulate and you say bean and gay Raj and it just, it just sounds so <laughs> It's so great. American ears love that. Oh, it's goodness. so it's so it's so great. I don't know. It's like I don't know how to describe it. It's like um I don't know. It's 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 sweet and charming but 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 classy. And I don't like to use the word classy cuz usually when you use it it means the opposite. You're like, this is a classy joint. You're like, oh, so you mean it's the opposite of a classy it's a joint. <laughs> Now the question That's is, would big Chris big like the Claremont more if everyone were English? <laughs> Maybe I would. Oh, if I, listen. Just an 80-year-old stripper, but she's like a nice English nanny. I would watch Judy Dench. <laughs> take her clothes. I would watch Judy Dench strip. I would. At a class, at, at a, I would, I would if you know especially if she was talking as, M. But, as
2: <laughs> and you were James Bond Nerds fans
1: if you're going to build a soundboard if just for me you could put <laughs> i would watch judy dench strip somewhere in the Chris Hardwick soundboard uh, there's and already just, a soundboard someone will put it in update there update that somewhere <laughs> cuz that's a good line um, here i'll even get, make it a better sign but take it off judy dench there's a tuppence in it for you <laughs> <laughs> there
0: Toppins,
2: actually, it's funny because there was, um, <laughs> when I was a kid, I, I'm, I'm much older than my siblings and I used to babysit my siblings and um, I always used to sing them songs, you know, when they were kind of in their cot oh and good. stuff like this. And my parents came home once and I was famous for getting the words and sounds, uh, the, the, the words and songs wrong, ironically. Um, uh, and, um, and I thought that Mary Poppins was singing Feed the Birds Tuppings of Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my parents came home from a dinner party and they were in the living room and the monitor was on downstairs. And I was really going for it, you know, obviously not lulling these babies to sleep. <laughs> and, um, but it was that and, you know, misappropriating everything to salad dressing, too. It was like those and Islands, was what I called Thousand Island. For the <laughs> <line of time. laughs> those and Islands? <laughs> <laughs> it's always when you pluck up the courage to ask it to be passed to you and you're like, could you please pass me the those and Islands? <laughs> <laughs> Those and other islands.
1: So we're gonna go to the Canary Islands. We, you, hopefully you were not like 22 at the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> this was <laughs> you were a, you were a child, I assume. You should not have drank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know how. I've just never heard it said aloud. It's not my fault.
2: Yeah, yeah. Except I was, it was so tiny. It was my Jersey accent still. So can you please pass those in his
1: So we have to move to a different country to try to fix this. (laughs) That's why your parents moved. I know we told you it was for work reasons. It was we were just trying to smooth out your pronunciations of words.
2: (laughs) Salad dressings.
1: (laughs) Um, We're sort of at the end of our hour with you, which is a bummer because you're fun. But I would love I I feel like the best way to end this podcast would be to have you singing your version of (laughs) Duffins. With all of the wrong lyrics, if you can remember it.
2: Well, I'll do it in my in my American accent. Okay, okay. okay. Feed the birds toppings of eggs. Maybe that was how I did it when I was very small. I don't know. This is incredibly embarrassing.
1: I've gone. You have to do it. You have to do it. I'm too red for radio. No, no, No. you're not. No, I did it.
0: I did it. I did it. These girls are
1: too red for radio. (laughs) You won't believe how far they're willing to go.
2: They're red for never mind.
1: Uh. Quiet time now. (laughs) I am a small child and I need to be lulled into a slumber by my older sister who has a song. (laughs) Why are you making? Are you? You want me to cut your head off? Why are you making this hand motion? Are you choking? Mom! She's not doing it! Leave the birds! (laughs) Go to bed! How many toppings do I need to give these birds? <laughs> How many tappings do I need to give these birds? Tuppings. It'd be funny if you just got up and left. Like, fuck it, I'm not doing it all. Oh, oh no! No! Lauren, go in! Oh, she's gone. I it's like I can still feel her in the room. <laughs> she's gone, Chris. Don't her, worry. Her aura is alive. I can still hear her- I can still hear her giggle on the wind. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like pizza in a cage.
1: <laughs> You're gonna laugh so I can get horny. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> that's not. Show not me a your quote cheese. A comic has said. Show me point. your cheese. <laughs> Show me your. I got some sausage for that pizza. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you sure do talk back a lot for a pizza. I don't know why I go into that accent all the time. It's because I grew up in the South. That's why. Did but you? I did.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. No, I'm Tennessean. Oh, Tennessean.
1: <laughs> Adorable!
2: <laughs> Stop it!
1: Adorable! <laughs> Hmm. All right. Well, hopefully you'll come back on the podcast someday.
2: I'll sing when I come back.
1: Okay, good. You'll, you'll prepare a song. Oh, we have we have, we have to shoot Maggie's greatest hits at some point when you're yeah. back. It'll yeah, yeah, be really yeah. fun. And uh, you are on Twitter. Uh, at, is it Lauren at Cohen? Lauren Cohan, okay, yeah. good. Lauren Cohen. Not. It's not Lauren Cohen. I know. I'm sure you fucking get that all the time from people.
2: I even say it half the time, so it's like
1: <laughs> Lauren Cohen. Yeah, yeah I, I, I
2: think I, I think I say the Cohens so people know it's an A because there's a lot of there's a lot of the E N S and it gets confusing. So, but I don't know. All my swimming trophies when I was a kid were spelled with an E. I think it. I think it. It went into my brain from age four. My
1: name is Lauren Cohen. You were actually Cohen. just taking trophies from some other girl. There's some poor little Jewish girl
0: <laughs> who didn't get her swimming trophies. New who's
1: just bummed and could have been a swimmer, gave it all up for everything because you <laughs> took her trophies. She's just
2: polishing her own hand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Lauren Cohen actually has the award for um, <laughs> not pronouncing words correctly that was supposed to go to Lauren Cohen. The the island, the the island Award is for Achievement of those and It's the Island Achievement Award. <laughs> <laughs> Go
2: and if it makes it any better, every trophy was most improved
1: swimmer. <laughs> I'll let you take from
2: that what you will. <laughs> Used oh. to stand outside the pool, now is in the water. There,
1: here's a trophy. <laughs> okay, your feet got off the floor of the pool for a second. Mm. Here's another trophy. Yeah uh laura cohan you are endlessly delightful thank you so much for coming on the podcast <laughs> Thanks, it's good to see you uh i'm coming to the set soon so i'll see you in a couple weeks uh enjoy your burrito everybody Woo! bye Woo. toppings toppings toppings, toppings of herbs. <laughs> oh my goodness i'm uh, so, gonna finish podcast talk like to
2: What's the other one? Oh, super califragilistic You got that right? But
1: you didn't get Tuppins right?
2: No. <laughs> you serious? But when you're in New Jersey,
1: you don't know what Tuppins are. No. But there are califragilistics running down the sidewalk. They love it. Hey, dude. <laughs> look at this fucking XBL piece of shit over here. Huh? Even the sound of them's kind of atrocious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what kind of hoagie you have? <laughs> Go wiggles!
1: It's a pizza hoagie. <laughs>
0: As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? Follow Happily Never After Dan and Nancy on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Happily Never After Dan and Nancy early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.